I just want to, you know, start by just echoing some things that, uh, that you've heard they mentioned maybe in the past several months. But I think we're in right now one of the greatest moral dilemmas we've ever been in as a Christian church, not Hope Harbor, but the church in general. We're seeing a parallel universe out there in terms of what constitutes truth. There's what the Word says, and there's everybody else's idea of, of living their truth. And if you want to find out where somebody is, just listen for that phrase, I'm living my truth. Or if they look at you and say, well, just live your truth. That is absolutely a preposterous statement. Because there's only one truth. And, but what, right now you see this, this parallel track thing going on. And if you're not careful, you're going to get sucked into compromising in the name of getting along with people and being viewed as tolerant and loving, throwing down the integrity of the word in your own heart. The Holy Spirit is boldly challenging believers today to speak the truth in love rather than joining the world in lying against the truth. And so it's very important we, we hear what the Spirit of God is saying for the church to return to truth. You say, well, I don't, I don't typically go around walking outside the truth on purpose, whatever. No, but you'd be amazed how subtle this actually is in the, in the world right now. Uh, we want to make sure that as much as lies with us, we're living and walking and operating in the truth. You know, it wasn't uh, all that long ago, it's been several years ago that... Uh, there was a couple, and they decided instead of getting married, they decided they would just kind of shack up. And uh, I, I typically don't agree with shacking up. Amen. Right. You know, you are so silent, and you think I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about you. So just. <laughs> um, but uh, there's the expectation that you know, let people live their life and whatever, and 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 not only live their life, but then they want you to sanction it. Uh, you make a choice to shack up, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not going to rail on you, but don't expect me to say it's okay. There's the temptation. I'm going to clarify exactly what that is when somebody does that in just a moment. But same thing happened about uh, two years ago. Um, time flies, you know, must have been, actually it was a little bit before uh, even 2020 and all the COVID nonsense, but uh, these, these middle-aged ladies came in that said, we've been all over Trick County, all over Callaway County looking for a church that will accept us as a lesbian couple. Will you accept us here? I said, you better believe we'll accept you here. But then I followed up with, but I will not endorse your lifestyle. Amen. Now, understand what's going on here. Uh, by accept, they really mean you endorse wholeheartedly and support what I'm doing. I couldn't do that any more than somebody came in and said, you know, I'm a needle heroin addict, and I expect you just to put up with that, and I don't expect to have any change or transformation in my life. We, we, can't, we don't come in right one way and stay that way. We all had came, in, you know, came into the kingdom of God with whatever. I mean, thank God for his deliverance in your life. But there are some things that society just wants us to take our mouths off completely unless... We just agree with what they're doing. There's a problem with that. It looks kind of compassionate. It looks kind of tolerant. It looks like, hey, you're being empathetic with other people. But Jesus was able to certainly minister to people and have compassion and empathy without ever contradicting his Father's word. That's the high standard for you and for me. 
In other words, you don't reach the world by acting like the world. Does that make sense? In Daniel 3, um, I want to just uh, take a moment and, and, and read portions of this, if you want to turn there. You know, after a while you get to feeling sorry for people like Nebuchadnezzar. He, he comes off sometimes as more the village idiot than a king. <laughs> um, but in verse 1, and watch this. And how many of you are believing for God to speak to your heart today? Yes. Say it with me, I'm believing. Yes. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Now what is he doing here? He is setting up another god in the land of gods. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you are commanded to do. Now, this is what the government is saying. The government of Babylon is saying, this is what you will do. Oh, I'd love to go off on that particular point. <laughs> but then I never get to my message today. <laughs> oh, people, nations, and men of every language. Now, we're talking about all the captive peoples, all the transplanted peoples. There's a lot of cultures, a lot of backgrounds, a lot of languages. He's wanting to unify all these people in the worship of a false god. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the, the horn, the flute, the the zither, the lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. The government said, you will fall down and you will worship this false god. And it looks like everybody complied. Because the government said so. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon and notice it says some Jews. It means that a lot of other Jews did bow down. Whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king, they neither serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and so these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to him, them, it is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, 
the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? Now you know that he was already having doubts about this because he said in the first edict, immediately you'll be thrown into it. But these three were not immediately thrown into it. So he's still trying to work this out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if this was like a choir song where all three of them chimed in at the same time. I don't know. But uh, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter if we are thrown into the blazing fire, um, uh, fiery furnace. The God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand. There's the faith. O king, but even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, you know what they chose to do, and you know the consequences of it. Uh, They were tossed in the fire. The, The furnace was heated up more and more, except when the king looked inside the furnace, he found a fourth man in there. Uh, resembling the Son of Man. Amen. And you know that when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Uh, I love go camping. I always have. I always like to take Timothy camping when we were growing up. But what I hate is having the campfire in your hair for a week afterwards. There's just no way that they're in that fire and don't even smell like smoke. But what was Nebuchadnezzar actually asking them to do? A lot of Christians would say, well, that's just a golden statue in your heart. Preserve God as your God and just do what the king says. Here's the problem that they understood and that the modern church today needs to understand. Here's the deal. If we bow down, it's as if we're saying, you're right. We agree with you. In other words, when we, the day we bow is the day we say we're liars. Because we know in our heart that is not God. To bow down is us saying that is God. And that is the greatest temptation in the house of God today. To say, I know I don't agree with that, but I don't want to get into a reckless with those people. I don't want to become their target. And guess what? You may not burn physically, but they'll try to burn your reputation down. They'll try to burn your workplace down. They'll try to burn everything you put your hand to. In the end of the day, you and I are supposed to be dead already. Making ourselves of no reputation. Just like him. In other words, they were saying, we are not going to lie to get the pressure off of us. The temptation to place tolerance over truth is actually the temptation to lie. Say that would be the temptation to place tolerance over the truth is actually the temptation to lie. A lie is not a big deal. A lie is a big deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. A lie is intentionally making any false statement. We know that stupid, silly icon is not the Lord, but let's just keep the peace. No, because it would mean we agree with you and we're lying with you, like the rest of these people, that this is actually God. You and I have got to get to, to the place where we don't care about our reputation, right. acceptance, right. likability, right. or whether they slander you or not. 
This is going to be the last stand for the church. You will either agree and lie or you will refuse to and the heat will be on. But how many know there's grace when there's heat? Come on, say there is grace when the heat is on. I'm just not going to make other people feel comfortable in their dysfunction or sin. I'm not going to go after them, harass them, condemn them, but I am not going to make them comfortable by lying about it. We're in a culture of lies right now. We either stand up to it or we become a liar with the rest of them. We must put the truth over tolerance. Come on, shout out truth over tolerance. Say it again, truth over tolerance. We better be more concerned with God's view of us over people who want us to lie to others and ourselves. What does God think about this? The better thing about God is he doesn't change. His opinion in the Old Testament, guess what? His opinion in the New Testament. His standards of purity are the same across the Testaments. It is false interpretation to say that God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament. No, we're just talking about a difference of truth here. Uh, what is the means of salvation? And the means of salvation is faith. It's an operation of grace through faith. But God's standard is the same. Let me give some of these examples of this culture of lies that you and I are now expected to bow down to, like it was some kind of a golden idol. One is that love is love. Love is not love. Any kind of love is not love. Even in the Greek, there's a distinction between the love of the family, the love of a friend, amen, the tip for that, the love of the flesh, the love of God, the no strings, amen, agape, love of the Father. So not all love is is the same. And this catchphrase is used to try to tell you and me, well, they'd love each other so everything is permittable. Well, the next step is that somebody decides they love their cat or their dog or their chimpanzee. Love is love. This is the slippery slope you get to. And if you go around saying, you know what, you're right, love is love, you just lied to them. That's the danger. When you say to somebody else and agree with them that love is love, that's a lie. Love, according to the Bible, is if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's what we're talking about. Here's another one. I have the right to pick the gender that I want. Scripture says God made them. I'm making you male or female. You were made male or what? Or female. Now, uh, what somebody calls themselves, I, that's fine with them. They're going to have to deal with that with their own life, their own conscience, their own God. But that's not the problem. Now, they want me to call them what they're calling themselves. That is a lie. I grew up respecting and honoring Bruce Jenner. You know, I was an athlete, and who could not help but think, this is amazing what he's accomplished. And I don't know about all the things that are going on, things he's exposed to, and the demonic activity. All I can tell you is that I, I am expected now, and so are you, to call him a her. And here's the deal. Jenner shows up in a service. He can call himself, and she can call himself, whatever. 
But watch this. If I introduce him as Caitlin, she was a decathlete champion in the 70s. I just lied. And if you call people that are he, she's, that makes you a liar. No, I'm being compassionate. I'm being cooperative. I'm being empathetic. What you're doing is you're lying because they are not a woman. Every fiber, every aspect, every cell in Jenner's body, guess what? Is male. So it's a lie physiologically. It's a lie biologically. But most importantly, it's a lie spiritually because God said he made them. Now what happens because of the fall, what happens in minds because of the fall, is a different. So I can't go around doing that. A few years ago, I went to St. Louis for my birthday. Timothy was with me. We decided to take in a Cardinals ball game. Can't remember if they won. Um, <laughs> and um, we go to the zoo the next day. And we're walking on the back part of the zoo. And I, we have history of that. Uh, Mom's uncle actually built the big cat country there. And part of the railroad is really interesting to see how it's flourished and blessed. And while everything was downturning and there were animals being sent all over the countryside because these other zoos couldn't uh, keep up with the, with the money during that crash in 2010, they have this multi-million dollar foundation that controls the operation of that zoo. It's a wonderful example of planning that works. Yeah. Same thing with the Muni Opera. Same thing with, with all that, the park out there at Forest Park. And we come up to a pen, and Timothy sees the giraffes, and he goes, look, there's your relatives. <laughs> and I said, you know, we're about to go over to where the rhinoceroses are kept, <laughs> so be sure you don't want to pick that scab. <laughs> I, could, I could tell you I identify as a giraffe. <laughs> no. Well, he said it. Hello, I'm, I'm Pastor Art the Giraffe. If you start calling me a giraffe, you're lying. Now, somebody wants to identify as a female, that's between them and their God. I'm not going to poke fun at them. I'll just speak the truth in love. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to call somebody who is biologically a male or female because it's a lie. And as a Christian, you should not be lying. Let me try that again because there's a thud there in the spirit somewhere in this building. Beep, beep, beep. I don't know where it's on, but let me try it again. Christians should not be lying. And when you call someone that is biologically male, a female, now you've been sucked into the vortex of tolerance over truth. And you're lying. I say I identify as African-American when I'm not, like this one lady did for advantage in academia. Guess what? So you identify, anybody can identify what they want to, but are they really that? It's like this woman that ran for president a couple years ago. She was 1278th American Indian. I got spoons with more Indian than that. What is that? Called her Pocahontas, didn't they? <laughs> Pocahontas really wasn't Pocahontas, but, you know, for whatever... I'm going to do this. Now you go around calling her an Indian, that's what? That's a lie. Come on, say it with me. Christians should not be lying. And to call me a giraffe is a lie. (laughs) 
Some of you are thinking, I'm glad I came just to hear that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I have a right to call myself a giraffe. That's between me and God and my problem. But as a Christian, if you go around doing it, it makes you a liar. You say, Pastor, that's ridiculous. You're not a giraffe. And it's ridiculous for a male to be told they're a female. And it's more ridiculous to put this on three and four-year-olds. And using hormone blockers and destroying their lives over a lie. And they do that. That's one thing. But you have every responsibility to speak the truth in these situations. All roads lead to heaven. You hear that long enough and you might be tempted to say, well, you know, maybe there is some other way. But there's not another way. There's only one way given among men under heaven by which man must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's the Bible, but compassion would say, well, I want to make a big deal out of this, maybe, perhaps, whatever. No, because there's only one person who died for your sin. Therefore, there's only one mediator for you and for me. There's only one hope for you and for me, and his name is Jesus. And to even imply, even to pause when that comes up is a lie. And a disrespect to the one that purchased you and me. There aren't many roads. Now, from God's perspective, I think he thinks that's pretty good way to do it. Why? Because there's only one thing to remember. He who has a son has life. He does not have a son. Does not have life. Yes, amen. There's no absolute truth. Just live your truth. Live your truth, darling. No, there is a truth. And it's the absolute truth of God's uncompromised word. And to even imply otherwise is a lie. Number five, my body, my choice. Sorry, darling, God made your body. And the little body inside of your body is not your body. Say it with me. That little body inside that body is not their body. You know, you almost have to just memorize this stuff because it's so stupid. And no one is lacking compassion. First thing when the Supreme Court decision came down, it basically knocked the rule of abortion law back to the states. You had pundits saying things like, well, these Christians don't even do anything for, for mothers and, and unwedded mothers and for their needs. That's a bunch of nonsense. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year all over the country on these issues. Nothing but a bold-faced lie. And guess what? The church will do more than ever as these things play out. But to, to listen to that paragon of integrity and truth, Goldie Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Had the audacity to say that, that our God gave us wisdom to know we can take care of that child or not. And that's why he gave us choice. Whoopi, he should have gave you a brain. Whoopi, read scriptures like Jeremiah 1, where the Bible talks about the communion of God with an unborn child and the calling of an unborn Amen. child. That's the issue. Boy, but you hear enough and they pound on you enough. You know, you might be tempted to agree with somebody and say, you know what, well, that's okay. 
to say, well, pastor, surely there are circumstances where it should be allowed, whatever. Again, this is a conscious issue, but I'm going to tell you this. 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
Things like contradicting the Word of God, making the Word of God of none effect in your life. God says one thing and you say something else. God says one thing and you hold on to your tradition. By speaking your tradition in the face of the Word of God, that's a lie. God says that, uh, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you say, no, I'm not. I'm just an old weak worm of the dust. I'm just an old black-hearted sinner. You just lied. The Word of God says that by His stripes you were healed. And you say, no, He didn't care about stuff like that. You just lied. You want to make sure you're not caught in this game by lying against the truth of God. By repeating tales, Christians do this. Social media is a big platform for it, but gossip, slander, and innuendo. Um, make sure that uh, your mouth and your fingers are pure can have an amen. amen. Look at somebody and tell them, you're not called to lie. You're called to the truth. The third area is they bow to hypertolerance. Put up with everything and assault God's character and word in the name of being tolerant. Christians should be tolerant. Christians should have fidelity to God. Amen. That's who we are. And the last, conspiracy theories. Christians don't get into conspiracy theories, Pastor. Yeah, they do. And they don't even bother checking out to see if there's any truth in it before they share it with 5,000 other people. Thank you for your holy silence today. If you say something is a conspiracy, and are there conspiracies? Sure there are. Are people doing things behind the back? Yes, in the dark? Sure they are. There's no question about it. But the question is, do you have first-hand knowledge of it? And that's when the answer has to be no. And so to perpetuate stuff that you have no first-hand knowledge is, in fact, a lie. Uh, there's, a, there's a pretty pretty disgusting one that goes around and says that all the Supreme Court justices and most of the senators and most of Hollywood, they, they take little children and they torture them to boost their adrenaline and the blood and then they drink their blood. That's horrible. And God help anybody mistreat and shot. It'd be better to have a millstone tied around your neck and drop it into the sea than you would offend one of these little ones. But not one person who's ever said that has first-hand knowledge of anything like that happening. So what did you just do? What did you do when you forwarded that discussion? You lied. Well, I heard from so-and-so, and they heard from so-and-so, and they heard from so-and-so, and so-and-so is a paragon of truth, so it's got to be true. I don't buy into all this stuff of, of, of Facebook and, and Twitter trying to you know, mitigate what is true or false, because oftentimes there's a political agenda to that. Somebody on, on Facebook the other day just pointed out that that gas going back down, you know, below $4, it's not saving Americans anything when they were paying $1.87 two years ago. Right. They put the little flag on there, you know. Our, our fact checkers found there's something wrong about this. Really? I'll tell you what's wrong about it is you have an agenda. So be careful. If it's true, then you can forward it. But stop and ask yourself a question. How do I know that's true? Oh, I have it on good authority. What authority? So-and-so. You better raise your idea of what authority is. Or be found what? Be found a liar. Say it with me, truth over tolerance. 
Just in case you need these, let me just read a few lying scriptures to you. Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. How about this one? Revelation 21.8. For the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Proverbs 12.22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. He delights in honest lips. John 8, 44, you're of your father the devil and you want, to be, you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the what? And the father of lies and Christians are not supposed to be derived from him. We're derived from our heavenly father who is the truth teller. 1 Timothy 1.8, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for one who, one who is lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. Did you see where he put the liar in the same category with the homosexual and the murderer? I praise God that you're sexually pure, but are you verbally pure? Let me give you some truth scriptures. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and. So you and I should be full of what? Grace and truth, because that's what he is. John 1.17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 8.32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Lies can't set you free, lies bind you up. Only the truth can what? Set you free. John 14.6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the what? He's the truth. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He guides you into what? All truth. This world will guide you into all error. Make sure you're aware of this. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. If you love me, then you would just say what I'm doing is okay. No, to love you is to tell you the truth. I don't love you if I lie and say what you're doing is okay. That is not love, according to Scripture. What does love do? It doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. In Psalm 119, 160, all your words are true and your righteous laws are eternal. Said, I am called to tell the truth, whether it's popular or not. Amen. Now the question is, what's a, what's a good prescription for us in this era? So we will not bow to the temptation to be tolerant over what God has said in his word. How do you overcome that culture of lies? Turn with me over to Ephesians 4.
Look at somebody and tell them, you look nothing like a giraffe. <laughs> tell somebody else, you don't resemble a rhinoceros. <laughs> We've got a new puppy. Um, he was about that big when we got him. When we got him. It's been three months. He's now this big. Uh, named him Bluey. I guess you can't figure out where that came from. Uh, he is uh, a blue, merle, Aussie, doodle, poodle mix. Say that five times real fast. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be a big boy. Uh, he already dwarfs the poodle that we have. And he just, it just seems like every time you pick him up out of the crate or you take him out potty, he grows another inch or two. It's just amazing. So I think that Blue identifies as a black bear from the Smoky Mountains. That's what I think. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to keep my eyes on this thing and see what happens with it. But uh, he's, he's got his cute little face and he's got forearms and legs like you can't believe. I mean, he's like he's been in lifting weights or something like that. And he's got the biggest butt on a dog I've ever seen in my life, you know. I just tell him, Blue, he's got a big butt. He looks like, when he runs, he looks like one of those smoky bears out there in the mountains when they run him. I'm serious about this. Blue, he identifies as a black bear. We should have called him Smoky. <laughs> he's... Bluey's got a big butt. It's really funny. I'll poke them, take them both out, you know, take the leash off and let them run around the yard. And uh, Hershey is lightning fast. I mean, just lightning fast. And so little Bluey with those little stubby legs and those big, big arms, he tries to, to catch up. And after a while, he's 10, 15 feet behind him. He'll just sit down and go, man. <laughs> he, just, he just can't keep up. Amen. It's not what you think of what you identify with. It is you making a decision just like that baptistry behind me. You chose to follow him. And now you identify with his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And you identify with what he says. Yes. Have any question about who you should be identifying with? You should be identifying with the truth. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, by now you're there. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become a, in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and holds itself up in love as each part does what? As each part does what? Does its work. But notice, speaking what? The truth in love. It is the only way you and I grow. It's the only way that we develop by sticking to the truth. Now, how do we do this? Write this down. First of all, speak the truth. If it's true, speak it. If it's not, don't. If you don't have any evidence of what you're saying is actually true, what should you do? Do it, Jerry Seville says, and invest in a roll of duct tape. Amen. Does it square with Scripture? If not, be quiet. 
Is it consistent with what the Word of God says? The only time I can be certain that I'm speaking 100% truth is when this Word is in my mouth. That's the only time I can be certain of that. And that's a high goal, isn't it, church? That's the way we should be operating, speaking the truth. And then number two, speaking the truth in love. What we say should be delivered in love, in compassion. But guess what? If it's not true, then it's not compassionate. If you're lying because you want somebody to like you or you don't want to offend somebody, that's not love at all. Our bridge suddenly goes out over here crossing the Kentucky Lake. And you don't get out there and you have the power to stop people from going over that edge. That's not love. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. They're, they're just set on going across that bridge and making it across that water. Well, a lot of people that way. You should be out there with flares and torches and blockades, everything you can to stop them. That is what love would do. Amen. In our culture, if you love me, you'll agree with me. Matter of fact, if you love me, then you'll agree with me and lie about that thing so I'll feel better. That's not love. You're not loving somebody when you tell them something that's not true. Why? Because love rejoices with what? Come on, shout it out. Love rejoices with what? With the truth. Go with me over to Matthew and you see somebody that we all love. How he appropriated this principle. You notice that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not rail on the people who were bowing. Didn't even condemn the king. They just refused to lie themselves. Amen. There's the message for us. Matthew 4, when you're there, say, I'm there. And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came in and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. What's the temptation here? to lie that I can use that power to turn those stones into the bread. So what does Jesus do? He says it is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he didn't say, you slimy worm of a devil, I can't wait to throw you into hell. He wouldn't even vilify the devil. He just what? Stuck to the word in his mouth. That's the key. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He'll command his angels concerning you and they'll lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus did what? It is written. It is written do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. No vilification, no accusation, no fighting, no strife, no war. Now, putting him in his place, what did he do? In presenting him with a chance to lie, Jesus gave the devil what? The truth. When the devil comes at you and gives you a chance to lie, what should you give back to him? The truth. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and in the splendor. And he said, I'll give you these and more if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Bible says the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Did Jesus vilify him? No. no. Criticize him? No. no. Just gave him the word and said, away. That is a message for you and for me on how to operate and how to, how to speak the truth in love. I do not have to make fun of all the people who bowed down. 
I don't have to get on a crusade against people's lifestyles. I don't have to get up every single day and, and preach on adultery or fornication or homosexuality and go after people. Amen. I should preach the word. How many believe that? Amen. Preach the word. That's the assignment that Paul gave Timothy. At the same time, don't expect me to come up here and say, because this culture thinks it's okay to shack up, and they are doing it in record numbers, even growing up in the church and doing what they want to do and wanting preachers to say it's okay. It's not going to happen. Not in this place it's not going to happen because that is lying to you. You think it's harsh. You think it's judgmental. You think somehow it's condemning you. No, it's lying to you to tell you it is okay. And oftentimes people that shack up, they don't end up married together, which means you're sleeping with somebody else's husband or you're sleeping with somebody else's wife. And you don't have that right. The Greek is clear on this subject. Yes, that's right. I'm preaching better than you are clapping right now. That's the truth. You and I have to understand this principle. You're not loving somebody when you lie to them. So I love you. You're welcome. Hope everybody comes. Yeah, I've had 20 couples shacking up, but don't expect me to get up here and say it's perfectly fine in the eyes of God to do it because that is a lie. And you can't help people conform like Ephesians says and grow unless they're hearing the truth. And where are they going to get it? The media? The university? They're going to get it from Hollywood? They're going to get it from the school systems across the country? Where are they going to get it from? That's what I'm saying to you. The devil has gotten into the church, and even the churches now are lying to people to make other people feel better. And it is an abomination in God's eyes. And it needs to stop. I don't need to be doing it. You don't need to be doing it. I'm not going to be the anti-gay crusader. I'm not going to be the anti-fornication crusader. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm not going to be the anti-alcohol crusader. I'm simply going to tell people, listen, here's what the word says. I can't tell you that that is okay scripturally. The world has flipped the script. If you love me, you'll lie to me. I'm saying if you love them, you'll tell them the truth. Come on, say, if I love them, I'll tell them the truth. I don't have to be a crusader. Jesus didn't even come after the devil that way. But when he tried to get Jesus to lie, Jesus spit out the truth. That's the, pro the proper response for you and for me. This isn't something that's going to happen. It's already happened in the church. In Louisville, about two years ago, before the recent rulings in the Supreme Court, two ladies with collars on, purporting themselves to be ministers of the gospel, dedicated that abortion clinic. I want to know whose name it was, though. Was it Molech? Because it certainly wasn't Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you dedicated that thing to. And you wouldn't believe all the people. Oh, that's so lovely. How nice of you. The blindness of that. Yes, I'm going to dedicate a murder station to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to dedicate an altar of Baal to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good idea. No, I don't think so. You have a responsibility to speak the truth in love. Amen. And thank God for women with an authentic call of God on their lives to preach and to teach. This past week, uh, the general secretary of the Assemblies of God actually reported more ordained women 
than in the history of the, of the organization. You say, why would God do that? We're at the end, folks. He is raising people up left and right to share the word. Well, my theology doesn't fit with that. We don't care about your theology. We care about the word of God. God will pour out his spirit on his sons and daughters, reads the Bible. Brother Osteen, who pastored a Baptist church down in the Houston area, he was put on trial because he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and started praying for people in the altar. And guess what? They were getting healed and getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they, one man stood up, you know, on the deacon board and he said, that's not in our Baptist manual. And Brother Osteen held up his Bible and says, but it is in this manual and this is the one we're going to go by. The same thing is true for us today. It may not be in your new, modern, newfangled, quote, Christianity lifestyle and manual the way you think, but it is in this one. It still says, thou shalt not lie with a man as you lie with a woman. It says, thou shalt not commit fornication. It still says, you shall not, what, bear false witness. Yes. Lying to people, telling these things are okay. Right. It still says this. And when you and I are long gone from this planet, and if he tarries, it will still say this. Watch this. A trillion years from now, it will still say the same thing. Hook your wagon to what is permanent and eternal. Not to the temporary fleeting thoughts and ideas and values of people. Amen? So you preach the truth. Make sure it's true. And make sure you do it in what? In love, in the right spirit. We're not crusaders going after people who are supposed to love people. Amen? But make sure we love them enough to tell them what God thinks about that. Amen? Can you receive this today? Come on, give him a big hand clap and thank him for it.